0: episode 436 mental success through subtraction Aaron file the awaken your alpha podcast dragging down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you i'm adam lewis walker host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book awaken your alpha tales and tactics to thrive and it is my mission to share you the real stories the useful stuff the juicy stuff and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. dot com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Get to the podcast. Okay, enjoy the show. This week on Awaken Your Alpha, we are talking to Aaron File And she is the founder of MindFix Group, specifically for entrepreneurs and high achievers. We're going to be talking about completely eliminating the mental roadblocks, holding you back, and we're going to be doing it fast. Erin, I mean, I want to dive straight in. I know that's a very brief introduction, but are you ready to awaken your alpha today?
1: Yes, sir, I am.
0: Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? Sure. So
1: entrepreneurs and high achievers come to us when they feel like they're getting, when they feel like they're stuck, you know, they've, they've gone to the webinars and the trainings and the classes and they've read the books, they've worked with coaches. They've, they have a, you know, they have um, mentors who are helping them. They know what they need to do, but it's like there's an invisible wall in, Mm. in their way and they can't push past it. So when they realize, Oh my gosh, it's me, I'm getting in my own way. I'm the one that's procrastinating. I'm the one that's dealing with perfectionism. I'm the one that has difficulty setting boundaries or following through. And it's really a me thing. And they know that more books and more information isn't gonna solve their problem. They come to us, we figure out what the root cause is and why they're getting in their own way. And then we eliminate it very, very quickly and permanently.
0: Awesome. And Erin uh, comes recommended by a previous guest, uh, Joe, who I had on the podcast. I'll probably link the two podcasts as well. So tell us a little bit about your origins. How did you get into the, this line of work? I mean, it's the sort of thing that I can't imagine at, at school you was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. So tell us, uh, like, where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today?
1: Sure. I'm, I'm out in Colorado. I'm up in the mountains of, of Colorado near 10,000 feet right now. In terms of work where, like how I got into this. You're exactly right. I didn't go to school and just say, you know what, I'm going to go do this. This is, this is exactly what I signed up for. I did have an interest in psychology. I was a psychology undergrad, um, but I actually went off and, and founded a web agency and ran that for 15 years. And what happened is uh, at, at one point I started to have chronic pain. I started to see all these doctors. Nobody could help me. I started to deal with depression and anxiety. And um, it it got really, really bad where nobody was able to help me physically or emotionally. And I realized I kind of needed to take matters into my own hands. And there was a mentor I was sitting with at one point who said, you know, it's not your life circumstances that, that are making you miserable and causing you all this pain. It really is your mental lens. It really is how you're experiencing the world and seeing the world and judging the world. And a lot of it comes down to what's going on up here. And you need to be able to change that. And I looked at her and I said, I know, you know, I've been going to therapy since I was a kid. I read all the books. I do the personal development. I've done it all. I do it all. I'm sitting here with you right now. That's why I'm trying to figure things out. And she said, until you are able to shift how you see the world and what you believe to be true, you are going to be, continue to be miserable. She's like, you believe that your worth is attached to um, your business success, you believe that if you take it easy, you are going to lose everything you believe you have all of these old programmings and beliefs from when you were younger that are just crushing you. Mm. And, and I realized she was she was right. But at the same time, I, I instantaneously realized, I, I don't know how to change those things. And I don't know anybody who does, like we can intellectually change our minds and go okay i know it's not good to tie my self-esteem and my self-worth to how much money i made this year i can intellectually get that but to change it here to actually change what i fundamentally believe at a core root level i can't do that but i set out to try and that's what i ended up learning and studying and experiencing over the next couple of years uh figuring it out how to do it for myself and starting to do it for my friends and my colleagues. And then suddenly, you know, I had a line out the door because it was so powerful and so many people are like, I want that kind of help too. And, um, that, that's, that's how I ended up in a roundabout way doing what I'm doing awesome. right now.
0: I'm sure the listeners can relate as well. And when you said about the financial attaching your worth to that, and I thought as well in terms of just outside numbers, I thought downloads in the first sort of year, 18 months of this podcast, you know, I definitely attached too much worth to download numbers but then you know that's something ultimately to a certain extent it's out of your control like mentally that is not good when you're you know you're attaching your your self-worth to oh some random thing outside of your control ultimately and yeah i definitely related to that and um yeah so i've stopped that's why i don't check download numbers now <laughs> i stopped doing that i'd better you up because it's like <laughs> mental mental problems like if, that's not good if that affects how happy you are that day based on a random number easier said than done i mean where do you start i know you help eliminate self-doubts <laughs> obviously there's limits to what you can do or advice you can give in a podcast. Where do you start? So someone's listening to this, they, they relate with what you're saying there, they get it, but they're struggling. So what I want people to
1: know, what my mission is is to help people understand that change can happen fast. Even if you've been trying to fix something or address an internal issue for years and years and years, even decades, change is possible and change can happen fast. It's when you work on the root cause of the issue so many of us as we go throughout our lives experience challenges and frustrations and what we end up doing is we try to we learn and study how to cope with the problem okay i'm a perfectionist and i i can't put this video up unless it's perfect i'm going to read a book on perfectionism and i'm going to push through it and push through the resistance push through the discomfort and just hit you know you know play or i'm just going to post it to social media you know and it's like we, we do things the hard way. We try to change our actions. We try to change our habits, but underneath it, we still have the same thoughts and emotions. We still have the same fear about looking stupid. We still have the Anxiety around rejection. We have to push through those things to try and change our habits and our actions and hopefully get different results. And that's a really stressful exhausting way to live is trying to push through our challenges and trying to cope with the issues that we, that arise on a daily basis. So we kind of flip everything on its head and we go, don't do that. That's the hard way. It's really exhausting. And you're going to burn yourself out. Instead, let's get an under, let's, let's discover why you're experiencing those frustrations and those patterns in your life. Let's look at the root cause of them and then let's pull everything out at the root so there's nothing left to cope with. And we look at this, um, you know we have our thoughts and our emotions that determine what actions we take. But our thoughts and our emotions, they're not random. They don't just pop up out of nowhere. We have certain thoughts and certain emotions based on what we believe to be true. Mm. It's our beliefs about the world that determine the kind of quality and the types of thoughts that we have throughout the day and how we react to different experiences. So if I have a belief that cats are dangerous and then I walk out my front door, and I see a cat coming towards me, that's gonna impact the thoughts that go through my head at that moment. That's gonna impact the emotions that I feel at that moment. That's gonna impact the actions that I take. All because at the root level, I have a belief that cats are dangerous. Now, if we go in and take a magic wand and erase that belief like magic and it's gone, we rewind and I go back out the front door and I see a cat walking towards me, but there's no belief that cats are dangerous. My thoughts are totally different. I might not even notice. My emotions are different. I'm calm. There's nothing to freak out about. And the actions I take, I'll just walk by it or I may pet the cat. Totally different thoughts, totally different emotions, totally different actions. All because at the root, I don't have that same belief. And we can extrapolate this. We can pull this out into all of the other areas in our business world. This can impact how we talk, you know, how we show up on, on interviews. This can impact how we do our work. This can impact um, the actions that we do and don't take. It all goes straight into the business world and our success based on beliefs that we have. And so what we do is we figure out what beliefs are causing you the problems and then we can eliminate them. Yeah. And this is where people yeah. go, you can't eliminate a belief, right? Both, oh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, that's, um, that's
0: nonsense. Have you got some methods or, you know, practical tools of some, for example, in the cat scenario, Mm -hmm. how would you go about eliminating or, you know, undermining that belief? Sure. So most beliefs can be eliminated
1: in the same way. There is what I've found, at least so far, is that when people try to eliminate their own beliefs through worksheets, um, there's some success if you take them through a very specific process. What most people try to do is instead of eliminating a belief, they try to override it. They try to go, cats are nice. Cats are nice. Cats are nice. Right? Like yeah. they'll, people will, people will do affirmations. They'll say, I am a brilliant person. I am a smart woman, you know, and they try to just override it and convince themselves they believe something different, but that's, it, it just doesn't work. It's like trying to put, I over like something really gross it just it doesn't work. You <laughs> really do have to eliminate something in order to put in order to put the, a different belief there. Yeah. The process that I've found through studying um, and through studying the works of people like Lion Goodman and Morty Lefko who have all worked with beliefs over time is that you can eliminate a belief through uh, a series of questions and inquiry, especially when it's another person on the outside guiding you through those questions. It's, it's the same mechanism that, that is used when a parent helps a child eliminate their belief in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. And during that special conversation that happens at some point in most people's lives, the child realizes, oh my god, I never actually saw that in the world. And everything I thought I saw There's another explanation for it. It's almost like being in the matrix where everything rearranges itself. And then suddenly after that, the child no longer believes in Santa Claus for the rest of their life. The belief never comes back and all of their actions totally change. They never have to be reminded not to write a letter to Santa again, right? They never have to be reminded not to leave out milk and cookies anymore. Once the belief is gone, once they realize they never saw it in the world, everything changes and so the work that we do is actually there's nothing woo woo there's nothing weird it's a very analytical series of questions that you can take someone through that helps unhook the belief in someone's mind and that's enough to literally allow it to let to let go just to
0: get some some people a a taste of on that on that journey what would be some of the early questions and we can just keep it as simple as like the cat thing for example like the, you know, How would you start? Sure. What are some of the early questions? Because then people can obviously start applying it and start questioning certain things. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll actually, to make it more useful and relevant to yeah. the listeners, let's take one of the most pop- popular beliefs that I, I don't know if I've met a single person yet who doesn't have this one. But the, it's really hard to get out of childhood and adolescence without having some part of you, not all of you, Not the intellectual part but some part of you holding on to the belief i'm not good enough Mm -hmm. that is the most common hands-down belief that most people some part of them has that doubt and and fear inside of them so one of the things that we do that people can start to ponder to help with the the self-inquiry is to ask um, themselves where they feel like they discovered this belief in the world because we we didn't show up on day one coming out of our mother's wombs believing that, we picked it up somewhere. All of our beliefs we picked up from experiencing patterns and repetitions of behaviors or what was modeled or told to us by our parents or caregivers when we were younger. So a lot of our self-beliefs, I'm not good enough, I'm not important, I 'm not capable I'm stupid whatever the self beliefs are a lot of those are formed early in childhood by the time we hit five maybe even you know five or six or so and so inviting people to reflect back and go where in the world could I have picked this up is one of the is one of the first questions that we ask people is you have to discover where you feel like you got this and usually it's from the relationship we had with our parents, whether we saw something modeled, whether they said something to us, maybe they didn't say anything to us and we didn't get feedback. Maybe it was the looks that they gave us. Maybe it was watching an older sibling always do better. There's something that we watched, we experienced that after experiencing it enough, we come to a conclusion about ourselves. Because when we're younger, we're in an egocentric stage of development where everything that's going on in the world is because of us. You know, that woman over there is angry and yelling. It's because of me and I'm bad. Oh my gosh, mom is really upset and screaming. It must be because I'm not good enough for her. We we come to these simple conclusions about it's about me because we haven't developed that part of our mind that allows us to put ourselves in other people's shoes. So we develop these self-beliefs. So the first question people can ask is, where did I discover this in the world?
0: And I mean, this might be slightly off the point. I've got two boys, that's their lens on the world. And like you say, everything's egocentric. How can you soften the impact? Or is that just not possible? Because obviously, you know, if, if they're not doing things that maybe they need to be done in the house rules, yeah. or but you don't want to just like damage their self-esteem and just, you mm-hmm. know, just destroy them. But like, you know, you find yourself as a parent, like, hey, you need to do this, need to do that. And sometimes you feel like you're on their, their case. Yes. I mean, how can you kind of navigate that? And I'm sure there's no ideal answer, but what things can you be mindful of? That- I love this question. This is like one of the, this is one of the best questions. And so many of
1: our clients will go through our program. And at the end, they're like, Oh my gosh, what can I do? So that my kids don't pick this up. How can, how can, how can I prevent this? Right? It's a perfect question. and actually has a beautiful, simple, elegant answer. What you can do is you can ask yourself repeatedly throughout the day as you're interacting with your children, What is my child taking away from this interaction and at what cost? So um, it's not necessarily what you do or what you say. It's what your child is going to take away from the interaction, especially if you remember that they typically make things about them. Mm -hmm. And all children want are three things, attention, acknowledgement, and affection. That's what children want. And so if you're on the phone, if you're having a phone call and your child comes in and you're like, Shh, go, go away. I told you. I told you. I'll I'll talk to you afterwards. Go out the door. Shh go, right? You shush them and you scold them and it's like go away. A child is going to come to the conclusion from that interaction I'm not important. I'm not loved. I'm a burden you know, those kinds of conclusions, because it's about them, your, your action is going to be about them. So if you rewind, and as your child comes in and starts, you know, banging on pots, as you're on the phone, you ask yourself, what do I want my child to take away from this interaction? You can pause and say, Hey, sweetie, you know what, I am so excited to see you in two minutes. I am excited to spend time with you. You're so important to me. Would you please wait outside? like we talked about, and I will be out in two minutes and all of my focus will be on you. So when you communicate messages, you remind the children they're loved. You remind them that they're important. You remind them that even though you're scolding them, you will see them after. You remind them that even though they're being punished, you still love them and approve of them. When you add in those pieces, they remember they're safe, they remember their love, they, they're not gonna conclude that you hate them, they're not gonna conclude that they're bad or they're a burden. So when you mix in the messages of, and I love you, and I'm excited to see you, and this is just the wrong time, you really start to protect your child's self-esteem and you prevent them from starting to come to these conclusions about I'm a burden and mom's upset and it's because of me and I'm not good enough, no matter what I do, they're so disappointed sorry, mom's really tired right now. It has nothing to do with you at all. I'm actually really excited to see you, but mom needs a nap for the next 30 minutes. Those little subtle tweaks can make all of the difference for a child.
0: Definitely. Great advice. You mentioned the feeling mm-hmm. of not being enough or I'm not enough. is one of the real common, common beliefs. Is there any other sort of big hitters that you seem to be dealing with on a, so your, your bread and butter Probably make people feel better that they're not alone. And this is a very common thing.
1: Yes, absolutely. And what I'll do too, after I share some of these, is I'll explain how you can tell if you have a belief or not. Because a lot of times our ego and our intellect is like, I don't believe that. But a part of you does. So I'll get to that in a moment. But in terms of the most common beliefs, I'm not good enough. I'm not important. What I want and what I need are not important. I'm not capable Mistakes and failure are bad. If I make a mistake or fail, I will be rejected. Um, I don't have what it takes. Uh, bad things will happen when blank. And then the other a variation of a belief that most people have is, is what's called a survival strategy belief. And based on what we received praise and love for when we were younger, we often attach our self-worth and our value to that, uh, whatever, whatever it was we got the praise and love and feedback for. So if uh, someone went to school and they got good grades and they came home and it was like, you're amazing, you're the best. And that's when they would get love and attention. You're going to see people who have beliefs of what makes me valuable and worthwhile is being smarter than everybody else, is, is achieving, is uh, you know, having big accomplishments accomplishments is doing better than everybody around me. Or um, I worked with a woman and she received praise for taking care of her six younger siblings and kind of being like a caretaker at home for her parents. She got, you know, oh my gosh, you're such a good child. You took care of everybody while we were away. So she has this belief deep down, what makes me valuable is taking care of other people. Yeah. she for the li- she came to us because she could not take care of herself and she would always put herself last mm. it was having a horrible impact I bet that on one's her pretty life. common
0: out there that explains a lot
1: oh yeah absolutely it's, it's really difficult for some people to to take care of themselves um we ha- and then there are people who might have their value or worth tied to being perfect right all they ever received feedback and love for is if oh, you cleaned your room perfectly Oh, you got a hundred percent on your test. Oh, you know, you, you, you wash the dishes and there's not a spot on it. You're amazing. You're loved. So as a child, you, you start to link these things together and you go, Oh, okay. What makes me lovable and worthwhile and valuable and important is X. And that could be Mm -hmm. taking care of other people, being perfect, being better. And when those two things are linked, they become compulsions and we do those things for the rest of our lives. And if we don't, we feel crappy about ourselves. So those beliefs can be really powerful and can drive us to do things that we even intellectually are like, why, am I, why do I care so much about having a typo? Why do I care so much about what this person thinks about me? So those are some of the common beliefs.
0: It's been a strange year. I just wondered if you've been noticing any, any variations or, or some, some trends that have been coming your way Or do you feel like your take on what's out there in the world and maybe how people are or are not dealing with it so well, all the unknowns?
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting question. Um, I would say that the work that we do has not changed. It's just that the symptoms that people are experiencing are manifesting in different ways. So you'll have people who have been incredibly successful and have been doing well, who are suddenly facing deep depression and anxiety because maybe their business isn't doing so well, or, um, maybe they're, you know, they're experiencing a lot of loneliness and disconnection from people. So we have people who, if their value and self-esteem and their sense of pride and their happiness is tied to their business success, this is, this has been a crushing year for many people. Likewise for people who, um, might have beliefs around, you know, what I have, I exist to serve other people, or I I need to take care of other people in order to be um, fulfilled. They're also struggling, they were at least, you know, especially with the lockdowns where they're not able to connect with other people or see other people. So it's almost that 2020 brought some unique challenges that created new symptoms in people, but at the root, at the core, it's the same stuff. It really is the same stuff that we're all dealing with.
0: We're going to move into the alpha round now. And I'd like to start off with, is there a particular kind of favorite quote that really sums up either your approach to life or just a a favorite quote?
1: I don't know um, who said it. and I don't even know the exact variation, but there was one quote that always stood out to me um, as I got into this work. And it was that there are really no true business problems. There are only people problems disguised as business problems. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who said that. And I don't remember where I heard that. But from my experience that tends to be true so often. And we see that over and over and over
0: again in our work. Has there ever been a really impactful book for you you'd like to recommend? Psychocybernetics, cybernetics
1: and that having a huge impact on me. It was what uh, taught me that people's subconscious minds are so powerful and that our minds have the capabilities to, to do so much more than we ever dreamed possible. It really opened the door for me.
0: Is there any specific resources or maybe a, a daily habit around what we've been discussing that someone might not be struggling mentally, but it's just kind of it could be maintenance or just something that you think uh, is a useful share?
1: This is going to sound trite or cliche, but I, I can't imagine being able to um, kind of be the person who I am. If I wasn't engaged in a regular meditation practice, it's what allows me to slow down and to pause and to have space in between stimuli and response, you know, my responses, even though I don't enjoy it, it's not my favorite thing. It's really been an invaluable practice and for people who think that they aren't good at it or they can't do it. I would, I would challenge that anybody can do five to 10 minutes a day and it really is It truly is
0: a life-changing practice. Wow, that's interesting. I want to dig into a little bit more there because most people, when they talk about the meditation, they're like, "Oh, I love it," and it's so. When you, yeah, you say you don't enjoy it, and that again might give hope for people. Oh, I don't enjoy it either. (laughs) So yeah, you've you've cracked on your push, but you get the benefits. Talk to us about you know not enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, I mean, it's it's so easy to be like, I don't need
1: to do this today. Like, it's not going to make a difference. But. I, you sit down, and so many people think that meditation is about sitting down and just clearing your mind, and it's going to be all peaceful and all zen, like all the stock photos out there, right? Mm-hmm. You go to a, yep. a, a site, and it's like someone being in total bliss and relaxed and amazing. In real life, meditation is sitting down and dealing with the onslaught of the thoughts and the worries and the Uh, you know, projections and the mental chatter and the daydreaming and everything that just arises in consciousness. And it's just an absolute onslaught. Our brain is going so fast. And when we sit down and we're quiet, we have to sit with that. It's like sitting with a raging toddler half the time that's screaming and, and learning to be patient and sit with that and just allow it. And allow the thoughts and everything to come up and notice them and allow them to go and stay focused on one thing like the breath or whichever meditation practice you end up choosing. It is challenging. It is like a hard workout for your mind.
0: That's good to hear that perspective. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. But for those who <laughs> want to continue the conversation, because it's going so quick, what's the best way that people can connect with you?
1: Absolutely. I invite people to visit our website, which is mindfixgroup.com. Definitely check out the results page. You know, it's like three miles long and you can see the types of uh, results that people experience in an incredibly, incredibly short period of time. There's a free training video on the website that anybody can grab and watch that explains the uh, relationship between beliefs thoughts, emotions, and actions. I reach out to everybody who reaches out to me on Facebook. I'm the only Erin file there. Very easy to find. So I'd say Facebook and our website are the two easiest ways to either learn more or connect with me.
0: Cool. And just in kind of closing up, I wondered if you, you wanted to talk about developing unstoppable confidence and momentum. Is it just part and parcel with dealing with your beliefs or is, is there anything that mm. like has been left unsaid?
1: Yeah, I love that. That's such a good question. So what we do and what I want people to start to consider is that so often when we run around and we think we need more information. We read more books and we listen to more podcasts and we try more tools to try and get to what we want, to try and live a happier life and be more successful in our business. And what I invite people to contemplate is the possibility that they don't need more, that it really is all inside. You know, the confidence that people want is in there and the calm that people want is already in them and the happiness that people want is already inside. And it's more about elimination, success through subtraction, It's about getting rid of the belief that I'm not good enough, getting rid of the belief that I'm not lovable. I'm not important. I'm not smart enough, getting rid of the belief that if I mess up, I will be rejected and bad things will happen. If I mess up, I won't get a second chance. When you strip away all of these roadblocks and these barriers and these invisible walls, what you're left with is the calm and the peace and the happiness and the unstoppable momentum. You don't need more. You actually need less. And it's a, it's a beautiful, elegant, elegant, simple process that allows you to get rid of your issues at the root level instead of trying to add more crap to try and cope with what you're dealing with it doesn't have to be hard and some of us really have that belief that it has to be hard and it has to be a struggle and that's sometimes one of the beliefs we get rid of is it really doesn't have to be
0: awesome what a brilliant way to finish the show thank you so much for your time today erin
1: you're welcome thank you for having me
0: the Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, to reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha Thousand Tactics to Thrive, available on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkx.com. C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back!